0: One, two, three. Kate Mila you're very welcome along to the Brian and Kieran Warfield podcast, The Ramblings of Two Irish Balladeers, featuring Brian Warfield of the Fierce and Mighty Wolf Tones and a son, Kiram, that's me, of the band Catalpa, and also of the bandwagon bus Dublin's only musical ballad tour on wheels. So sit back, relax, grab a tea, coffee, beer or wine or whatever takes your fancy as we go rambling through life's misty foggy dew, through stories, songs, history, politics, life on the road and just a general bit of crack.
1: I hope you'll soon be free to raise the sun was proud. Live like slaves or else die in exile There's not a man to strike a blow Or keep down tyranny Since Lord from like a dog was shot Not far from Glenswilly Towering mountains grand for the last three thousand miles of light betwixt these hills and me. I'm a poor.
0: And that's the beautiful song, The Hills of Glenswilly, with some lovely harmonies there by the Wolf Tones from the 1965 album, The Foggy Jew. A great song, that great harmonies.
2: Yeah, well, you know, that, uh, that song done a lot for the Wolf Tones, I would say, because uh, when we went to America for the first time, um, a good emigration song, as you well know, but uh, when we went to America for the first time, um, Dorothy Hayden, who had a great uh, show uh, radio show, very, very popular in New York at the time. And she'd been playing at the uh, Hills of Grants for uh, for so long um, that uh, we were almost a household name when we got there. And we couldn't understand why everybody knew our music. So uh, Joe Rowan, um, who was uh, the manager of uh, City Centre Ballroom and managed all the things for Fuller, um, brought us down and put us on the show. And when we got there, Dorothy Hayden was like um, delighted to meet the band. She said she loved the album. She was playing it off the air. And she she had a show there on Saturdays and Sundays. And it was a very, very important show in the New York area with the New York Irish. Mm. And she was like a household name. She became uh, the Grand Marshal of uh, the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Uh, some 10 years ago or so Mm. but a great woman a great uh, a great person uh, that uh, fostered all Irish groups when they went over there and she she encouraged everybody absolutely fantastic lady and I'd like to remember her tonight
0: yeah and I can understand why that album opened so many doors for the Wolf Tones like like having listened to it now you know through doing the podcast because I haven't listened to it, I don't know, I, I I doubt if I actually sat down and listened to the whole Foggy Juice since I was a kid, like, you yeah, know, yeah. when you would have been playing it, like, you know, so, having sat down and listened to the whole album again, you know, through this, well, bar two songs that we've got two episodes left on, of this album, Yeah, I can understand wholly why, like, cause some of the harmonies in it, the, the, the playing it, and just the all-around... Song quality is just brilliant. Like yeah, something that was recorded live as well. Like you it know, it was recorded it's, it's, live on one day. Yeah, I know. It's just amazing. Like yeah, I think,
2: but yeah. um yeah, and it it it's amazing the way it caught on with the um, the people across the in America and the radio shows in America. When we went to Boston, then you know the Boston Irish all knew about the Wolf Tones, and um, you know without that record and without recording, uh, you can't travel the world. You know what I mean? Because mm. they know. You, you don't have to be there your record goes there they hear you they hear your songs they love you they hate you whatever they mm. it is but they certainly grafts onto the wolf tones and that made us uh, in america
0: yeah and the hills of glen swilly uh, which was a song that was written by a duny man obviously and his name was michael mcginley mm. and he also wrote the emigrants farewell do you know that song
2: Immigrants, farewell. There's many of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the name
0: of the song. And the Drumbo Martyrs. You would have heard the Drumbo Martyrs, I'm sure. No, I that's don't nice think
2: so. Song, I yeah. don't think so. But um, yeah, it, it was a great song. And it, it, I guess it wasn't a new song, like uh, because when we got it, it was quite old. At, at it was the written time. in
0: 1878. It, was, it said that he wrote it on a ship going to New Zealand, a ship called the Invercaldil. Cardil. Invercaldil. Uh, and uh, he wrote it, he'd gone to visit his older brother, pa- Padder, I
2: think. Oh, that's a, uh, that's a very interesting story yeah. now, I didn't know. But, you know, he mentions in the song um, the killing of Lord Leitrim. Mm. Lord Leitrim was one of the landlords around uh, that particular area and uh, he was cruel, Mm. an awful landlord, like many of them were.
0: So he obviously got a street named after him, so, because he was the crueler, I think the crueler you are, the bigger the street you got. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he was cruel in Donegal, I don't mm. know, they probably still have Lord Lee. probably have a Square yeah. or something yeah. up there, yeah. But anyhow, they sh- he was shot for his uh, cruelty mm. uh, to the Irish people and uh, the evictions and everything else, um which were carried out um, on mass scales in Donegal. Yeah. And, uh so uh, he'd never be remembered fondly in that county, and that's for sure. But he's remembered in that song uh, when it says, Lord Leitrim, like a dog, was shot outside of Grantsville So, I mean, that was uh, his a bit of
0: There is a bit of a rebel song in it. So, yeah. is it a little rebel connotation in it? it's like No, you know, it's,
2: not, it's not really. I it, know what it is. The white boys yeah, throwing sh- out they there. They shot the landlord. That's they a shot rebel them. song. <laughs>
0: Just, they don't like to say it's a rebel sound. No, like, no. Especially no. that Margot did a cover of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, I I believe like uh, I believe the people had the right to shoot them because uh, the cruelty... They had no pity oh, yeah. on, on uh, man, woman or child. And they were evicted to certain death. Eviction was a death sentence yeah, yeah, yeah. because there was nowhere to go. They weren't allowed to stay around the area. There was no food, uh, no shelter, the cold... They normally picked a terrible cold, wintry, awful time to evict them, so they knew they could get rid of them fast. Mm. It was cruelty, total and mm. absolutely an extermination of a people.
0: Yeah. And uh through the power of the podcast <laughs> you hopefully get to be in touch with someone in America that uh has the same are suffering with the same thing that you are suffering so
2: yeah well actually um I some some guy actually called me today and um he had the same thing as I had he was working in the bank and he had to give up his bank job oh, yeah but um the, the 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 DBS can be done in Ireland but there's another technique that's only done in England right and that's uh, that uh, technique is that they kind of zap the brain a part right. of the brain and it's like a two-hour um, procedure. Yeah. It can be done in the daytime. You can walk away um, wow. tremor-free after it. I saw it on the television, or June saw it on the television the other night. Oh, yeah. And she said, why don't you inquire about that? So the, the, the facts are that there's no machine in this country, in Ireland, yeah. to do that procedure. It's too expensive. Yeah. Um, there is one in England, in Romford. Yeah. And um, my friend there, Jerry, told me that uh, it, it uh, whether it would it be backed by the by the uh, VHI, if you have VHI or whatever, I don't know. But um, it's interesting, and I'd like to pursue that more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Better than getting defaulted.
2: <laughs> the little
0: <laughs> tear not. The little chip inside <laughs> the brain
2: doesn't uh, doesn't uh, fit nice. Yeah but uh, you know it is available it's very successful and all that but uh, you know the the little trap seems to be a better idea oh, I, yeah. don't I don't know but the the it's so expensive for the machine that uh, a small country like ireland could probably not afford yeah, it
0: yeah well sure mm. it's worth paying for if it, if you get a you don't have to get a, your head drilled open and uh, also, we had a request from Conal from Derry, who I know you know. Uh, he said he was reading the book, and on the USA trip, Tommy and Noel went missing. They got the time, times wrong for a show, and you and Derek had to create a set. Yeah. <laughs> he, want, <laughs> he wanted to know more about that story. Is there any more to that story? Well, How long were you playing, like? How long were you on the...
2: We, we, yeah. Well, we normally do sort of a two-hour-plus show. Yeah. So uh, the lads never... Returned return, up until about fifteen minutes into the second part of the show, so we we were probably at the doing like a an hour and a half at this stage or an hour and twenty minutes something like that, and we are kind of running out,
0: <laughs> out of stuff. <laughs> we're
2: running out of stuff. Well, it, but it's you not probably, probably could have kept it going. We though. could have kept yeah. it going, but I mean the the whole thing about it is that. You know, people expected certain songs from know, me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were trying to hold off and wait. You know, we thought, oh, i would be here any minute. Or, no, 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 no. <laughs> so we went out to the break. And then during the break, um, Albert, who was one of the roadies at the time, said, I don't know where the are, he says, but I got under the police. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> I got under the police, he said, and they, I gave them the number of their car, and there was everything no they were for them. <laughs> yeah. And the police were out looking for them everywhere. They found the car outside the pub. Of course. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Where else would it be? They,
2: they were in there having their lunch, and liquid lunch, liquid lunch, uh, liquid lunch <laughs> or whatever it was. But uh, that's how they were found. And uh, the police said, uh, the police said that the. Uh, they went in and they said uh you uh, you wanted your show has started, and uh, you have to get there so that was that was uh at half time that happened oh, yeah. and um by the time they got there, it was about fifteen minutes into the, into the second set yeah. and I was saying, Holy shit, like Jesus, what fairly they Because <laughs> <laughs> we we thought they might have had an accident or something, yeah. so that's why Albert called the police
0: well, that happened to me once before. i let you." Get that call so we can come back. We'll come back with my story in a minute. The call now. And uh, so my story was was me and Phelan and Ray Donnelly, who was the drummer at the time, playing in the band before Steve joined us. Uh, we're playing a gig, an after-wedding gig down in Ballycommon in Nina. But the people that we were playing at our after-wedding gig had booked us before for a gig over in Douala. For a you know they they have a hunt there, and it was a after hunt or the hunt. after hunt oh, yeah no it wasn't a hunt it was I think it was just a a, a a summer barbecue for the hunt people down there it's just outside Cashel yeah and uh so me and Ray always drove together because he lived up the road for me like you know so we get me and Ray got down to Ballycommon and we put up the gear and coming up to the start of the gig and no sign of Phelan and it was never like Phelan to be late like you know I was going Geez, where's Phelan? So I tried ringing him, and the phone was just gone straight to MessageMinder. So we had all these people coming in after, uh, was it after, I not know, yeah, I think it was, and uh, all these people coming in, and we said, look, we're going to have to start without him. So it was just me and, and Ray on the on the, on the the box, you know, he used to play a little box, and uh, so we started away, and... There I went into the gig I said, jeez. And I'd phoned Phelan's wife and and she was panicking because she, she said, no, he left here yeah, yeah, ages ago. Like, you know, he should mm-hmm. be well down there now because he left just around the same time we left. So we were thinking he's dead somewhere because the phone's off. So it going to be a crash or something. So about an hour into the gig, I had to stop because I was had so much gone through my head like that something was happening i can't really do a gig while mm. phelan could be on a road somewhere like you know so yeah of course, so yeah. so we're sitting outside having taken a break wondering what we're gonna do and next of all phelan drives into the into the yard i was there for where the fuck were you so he'd he'd ended up over in duala <laughs> so the wrong gig <laughs> He, thought he was, so of course even though it was in tipperary he was just the wrong side of tipperary but from Douala over to, from Nina, Cashel over to Nina is a fair drive across them oh, yeah, know, so. yeah. So uh, anyway, we got to finish off the gig. And, uh, but yeah, how easy that can happen. But he wasn't drinking. He wasn't having a liquid lunch. Well, they were. <laughs> <laughs> so we also got sent on the video uh, by Michael McCarty of uh Cork's. The Cork team on the bus after they beat Kilkenny in nineteen
2: ninety nine. Yeah, I thought I would have saw that, but I don't think I did now. Uh, I must have a look now yeah. Kieran has it there, I'll definitely yeah.
0: look but it they, up. They were all singing along to Celtic Symphony, so Cork were the real rebel county even back then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well it's always been the rebel county, hasn't yeah. it? Really?
0: So it's great to have people interacting so with us, like, you know, so anything you want to ask or anything you want to, you'd like, you know. Don't feel free to contact us, and or if uh, you'd like somebody as guest uh, yeah. to come on, we'll, we'll approach them. Yeah, and I'd also like to give out uh, a shout out to Anne Marie Davy. Anne Marie had a very serious operation there, um, and she's still in the high dependency unit. And uh, I want to give her out a big shout out from both myself and my dad. You would have met Anne Marie at the pre-match gig that we do, and she's the mad Scotch one that does handstands and all <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah
2: we, we can't leave out uh, Noel Warfield my brother Yeah, he's uh, just um, had a serious operation and um, he's come through theatre today so uh, hopefully we wish him well and hope that uh, he makes a very speedy recovery he's suffered over the past two years yeah, he's uh, suffered that, greatly yeah. gone through a lot and God help him hope things look up for him for the future year.
0: Yeah, well they're definitely going to be brighter now that he's yeah. got that operation out of the way. Um, and he was on my list as well, so you got there ahead of me. But And then the one last person that had an operation was Chloe McGlinchey, who's uh, involved in the Tullamore uh, Irish Supporters Club. And she had an operation during the week, and she says the podcasts have been a lifesaver for her in hospital. She's been listening to them, having great crack with them. Oh, that's so, great. wishing Chloe a uh, speedy recovery. And then lastly, before we... Jo- joined Tommy Breen online, uh, and I'm looking forward to t- chatting to Tommy Breen. Of He's Peru. a character, yeah. a good we're, character. Would I'd also like to say uh, a special remembrance of Alan McLaughlin, the Irish player.
2: Uh, oh yeah. Uh, so young, yeah, yeah, so young, wasn't he? And
0: I was lucky enough, I met Alan, I had dinner with him down, and we we were doing a, a charity gig down in Tullamore, um, and Alan was being uh, a q and a with Alan, and we sat down and had dinner with him be- before the gig and just talking to him about his cancer and stuff like that you know uh-huh. great. And, and not just that just about how passionate he was about Ireland and playing for Ireland and the chances he had to play for England and uh, there was never a question on it uh-huh. and that night, actually someone questioned him and called him a plastic paddy, and he shot your man down so quick we came back with came i you know, hate yeah. I
2: have to say I hate that uh, a term that term, uh, plastic paddy, and uh, I heard the first over in England some probably 20 30 years ago. And uh, I never accepted it as part of it. And um, you know, they're more Irish than the Irish themselves yeah. in a lot of ways, and it's an insult uh, to their heritage yeah. to
0: call them plastic paddies. But you could see how offended Alan McLaughlin oh, was that night, absolutely. I could feel it. And Kevin Kilbane, it was I think it was Kevin Kilban and Alan McLaughlin were being interviewed that night, but uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, just uh, our thoughts with Alan's family, and and uh, just want to say, yeah, I had a great night with him, and it was a lovely experience, and glad to have it. And oh, he also gave us USA ninety four because without his goal in Windsor That's Park, right? Absolutely, we would have had no yeah. USA ninety four. So a hero, yeah, yeah. So let's get on to Tommy Brain. We are going to start off. We're going to play you now, uh, brew Tommy's band from the nineties. 80s, 90s, was it? Uh, they were following the 80s. I In think, I think, 94, yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. finished playing. Um, and they, the hit that they had, one of the hits that they had was at Fremantle Bay, which is a song I love. Uh, so we play Fremantle Bay and then we'll welcome Tommy to the show.
3: Only name hasn't mattered. For many a day, I was born on the west coast of Clare. By the time I was married and had my own land, there were many who envied me there. Our home was contented, the years quickly passed. We had four lads to carry our name Then one year the crops failed And the hunger set in I was certain that I was to blame And often I think about to learn And our cottage a lifetime away Though I'm chained here and bound My heart can't be found In this prison of Fremantle Bay It was many an evening I stood by the door And looked out where our crops used to be But the pain deep inside When I looked in the eyes of our children, it drove me to see. It was raining the night that the sheriff's men came, and the judge gave his verdict next day. For the land that you've stolen, you'll have to be sent to a colony. Where you will stay And often I think about to learn And our cottage a lifetime away Though I'm chained here and bound My heart can't be found In this prison on Fremantle Bay The sun that beats down from a merciless sky And the rocks they cut into our feet Oh, the work's very hard and there's never a break For unfortunate men such as me Only oh, me crying past a shilling and sixpence to mend, but it took me away across the sea, and now I must live out the rest of my days in a land that means nothing to me, and often I think about tooling, and a cottage a lifetime Chained here and found, my heart can't be found in this prison on Fremantle Bay. And often I think about Tulum and our cottage a lifetime away. Though I'm changed here and found, my heart can't be found this prison on Fremantle Day.
0: Okay, so that was Baru with Fremantle Bray, beautiful song. And uh, we're delighted and very happy to have on board here with us on the on the podcast, the great Tommy Breen, all the way from Ireland. Tommy, you're very welcome to the podcast.
4: How, how are you, Kieran? How are you, Kieran? How are you getting on? Yeah, that Hi. was the voice of uh, that was a great voice of John Hogan singing Fremantle Mantle there. One of his uh, favorites. Yeah, uh, John, my old partner. Every inch of the way since uh, we first formed the group. Uh, in 1985, uh it was just myself and John started up in uh, the Bremer Rooms, believe it or not. Yeah,
0: that
4: was our first gig wow. with just the two of us. <laughs> we yeah. blagged our way around after that. Yeah, how are you, Brian? How are you getting on? I'm doing, man, well, and how are you? Great to talk to you, Tommy. I didn't I haven't, know, seen you it,
2: haven't seen you in ages and ages and ages.
4: La- last time I saw you was on the golf course in the Canary Islands. Uh, <laughs> And and you bet me, and your wife June said (laughs) you (laughs) cheated. And and Kieran. I hope they didn't make the money, did they? Kieran's after telling me last week that you have a special pair pair of golf trousers, that you have a hole in one pocket, and when you get to the green, you drop the ball down through it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was you designed that one. Yeah, we, we were trying to sell them in the clubhouse to the tourists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great, it's great talking to you. Um God, I remember back years ago, Brian, we we were new with the band, myself and John Hogan and that we played and Johnny Johnny Bourne, God rest him. Johnny's passed away in 2013. And uh, when we formed the band first, we were uh trying to get into Dublin. And uh, because that's where all the that's where all the groups were. Yeah, we knew, we, the, we knew if we got into Dublin, we'd have to be we'd have to be better because uh, we were travelling, so we were looking for more money, you know. And, <laughs> and Oliver Baird in the West for my God, they were hard men to deal with, you know. <laughs> Oliver, and, uh, Oliver, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oliver, he's he a good man. I remember him offering me 80, 80 pounds. And I said no, and wouldn't do it. And the next time we went back to the Wexford Inn, we used uh, five radio stations in Dublin, gave them 20 free tickets each to give away. We brought a busload up from Arco and another bus from Wicklow Ratio, and he didn't know what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. (laughs) (laughs) That was the way to do it. But uh, yeah, I remember um, meeting you probably one of the first times I was talking to you in the Wexford Inn, and I'll never forget you have done me a great favour and you probably never realised, I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, we had just got an offer to go to America and uh, we didn't know how to deal with it. You you know, we were asked to go over to do a festival. Now, we had researched it and I knew the old thoughts had headlined the same festival for a couple of years, for the previous couple of years. Up in uh, Hunter Mountain, the Celtic festival up there in Hunter Mountain, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. We were offered that, and I met you in the for I was sitting downstairs in the Mike's for and I went over. And I said, "Brian, I've been offered this gig in America, and I told you it was the Cast- a hundred thousand castle a festival." I said, "Have you any advice for me?" And you said, "If you're going to a festival in America, talk in thousands, not hundreds. <laughs> 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 uh, and, I, and, and you did. I said, oh, we did. You said you would. You said you would respect us always. You
2: know. And, you know I had to laugh. Going back to the Wexford Inn there, uh, Oliver Barden, you know, we are chatting after one of the gigs. We are there every Tuesday, I think. And uh, Oliver Bird said, there's a new group coming out called Brew and he says, they're going to be bigger than the Wolf Tones.
4: So it must have been (laughs) after
2: your (laughs) busloads.
4: I'd say it was, because he got nervous. He told us we couldn't let anyone else in. You see, when we went up, we had had a plan. We never really got strong on the north side of the city, you know. We don't... Sheedy Hotel and a couple of that. We do support acts in some of them, you know, just to get around. Well, what we picked on the south side was we picked the student gigs because all the students were from the country, you know, so. Right, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: So,
4: uh, and I mean, there was no, I mean, there was no Mr. Google then. So it was all, they either saw you and heard your name or they didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I mean, I've seen that with, was, advertising
2: was advertised is expensive.
4: Yeah, I mean you're you're you go around in the middle of the night putting up posters or getting somebody else to do it, you know, and then you know, you know all that stuff going on. And it's, I mean, if you're playing in Cork, it's a long way to go to put up posters unless the gig unless the gig's gonna do it for you, you know.
2: We've done it so, for years.
4: We've done it for yeah.
2: years,
4: Davi. Oh, I watched, I watched, I learned a few tricks. <laughs> we um <laughs> like we done the student gig, so then you see we couldn't really get Gigs on the north side of Dublin because they wanted us on the weekends, you know. And we'd only play Dublin during the week because you could yeah. do the student gigs. Then I got home for the weekend, and then we followed the music because we were getting gigs. That's how we ended up down in Mayo and Galway and all sorts of places purely from right. students going home and talking about us. We thought it was a good yeah. move. but one of the tricks I learned from the advertising was uh, before they start putting fines out for us was that uh, you know in the good days. When the double city marathon was on the night before the marathon when it was too late, we got out three o'clock in the morning, we put posters on along the route. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> so the cameras next morning for our team we picking up our posters on every corner. <laughs> really? You know? And uh, till they got away to us then and the council started turning up at the gigs yeah, <laughs> 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 to see who we were, you know. And, of course, we always used that. We're from the country, so we didn't know you couldn't put posters up, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but,
0: yeah. I think a lot of bands, Tommy, a lot of bands now don't realise the amount of work that you guys put in to, you know, to success it just didn't come, you know, as easy as, as people think. It was hard-working. You know, a lot of hard work went into it. Like you know,
4: yeah, absolutely. There was no uh, social media, you know. So if you if you had a if you had a record out, I, I was either in the shop or I wasn't. Yeah, and yeah. and the thing I found, I, I don't know, Brian. I have noticed it even with the with the Wolf Wolfhounds there. I mean, I like. I'm a big fan of the Wolf I've been my lifetime. I, I mean, I was. I think I was four years old when you had your first. I think your first album was around 1965, was it?
0: Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Well, I was only four years old, but by the time I was eight or nine, your songs were being played in my house. You know, and we yeah. got the all the songs. We got the all songs, and a bit later, then uh, the Furies, a uh, Furies album came into the house. You know, but uh, yeah. so uh, some of them songs, the great—I mean, the harmonies and all. I mean, that's what—that's what got me involved in... I, you know, I used to hate the fact that that just the Wolf Tones being labelled as a rebel band, considering some of the songs that you were writing. And I mean, oh. my me heart is in Ireland, and you know, uh, songs. Oh, well, you know,
2: I, I think yeah. we've had songs about everything, you know, uh, over the absolutely years, every every aspect of Ireland,
4: you know. I just have to be listening to queer things in Dublin off the plant of the Kelstair there about ten minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> You know the four-faced old clock. You know, I mean, It's some great, some very funny songs, some good songs. But what I found, going back to what Kieran was saying there, when we had a when we had a song out, um I would have been, we brought out a single, a record, because well, that was nineteen eighty-seven, uh, a single record. We carry on. You couldn't get you couldn't get airplay because you were an Irish group, and an Irish, you know, a band group.
0: Yeah, Well, yeah, it's,
4: it. it's very much
2: the same now today. And, uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways, uh, the Irish ballad uh, tradition has been almost wiped out because of it. They got very little play <laughs> yeah. on radio, you know, as well, either, either pop or you, they gave you jigs and reels and all that kind of stuff, which has its place, of course. But uh, yeah. the Irish ballad tradition also has a place in the tradition of the country.
4: Absolutely, sure. That's I mean, the, the ballad is a story. And we're telling oh. a story. Kira like, uh, was playing Fremantle Bay there, you know. Beautiful song. But we didn't get airplay with that song until it was in the charts. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and well you were lucky to never got, get
4: it then. Yeah, and that's... Well, Larry Gogan and you'd see the charts on the Sunday. I remember going the van and we'd be listening out for Larry Gogan to see what we what did. We get in or were we still there? You know, and the yeah. excitement because it, it was all new to us. We had it, we had a song in the charts before that called "Carry On." Went in at number twenty nine, lasted a week and disappeared. We never heard of it again, you know. But uh, Free Metal Bay was doing well for us at the time, and I remember we were traveling in the van and. Uh, the charge show would come on and uh, come up there. Uh, and at uh, number 18 was Poison and number 17. We came in that week at number 17 and so we were delayed with ourselves. And then you'd be listening again the following week because we, we wouldn't hear it again until the following week. It wouldn't be played on the radio. Yeah, that's uh, we were grafting hard, traveling around the country, doing it. And the following week then, number 17 came in and it was somebody else. And number 16 was uh, Guns and Raws. It was number 50 or something like we got our ah, have gone, And then number 14, Barone, was great excitement again, you know?
0: Brilliant.
4: We're not like that for weeks. Uh, that, that was all huge stuff for us. There was uh, other things that we'd done there. we we start getting gigs over it. Jim Han started managing us uh, around around 87, around 87 for a while, you know?
2: Yeah. Oh, and, Jim, uh, Jim is a good manager, you know? He brought the furies
4: yeah. up. Yeah, he had the Fury at the time. He had the Furies, and he had Paddy Riley and Brendan Grace, and uh, we were we were starting to do well there. And what happened to us was, was he got involved in a big project because the Dubliners came back together and they were doing the Irish Rob with the Pogs and it was all, you know, we getting left behind there. So we we kind of said we're an afterthought here now, so and we had too yeah, much ambition yeah. to, to hang around, you know. So, but uh, Jim was a good man. I, I used to hear him on the phone like and somebody ring him up looking for uh Brendan Grace, for example, and we'd trying to haggle the price, he'd just stick his tongue, he'd say next and he'd hang up. You know, he wouldn't yeah. <laughs> he, he wouldn't even have a conversation with him. Yeah. But uh, he sold us he sold us off to a, a gig and he told him that uh he had a gig in, in Germany for the Minister for Agriculture. I'll never forget yeah. some of the strokes he put he was bet. We went over to, we went over to Germany to do it. And so we didn't know that we got there. It was a beef exports thing. The Dubliners were meant to be doing it, but they'd been stuck in Italy. So he right. got us. He, he, he rang me on a Monday, but we would over the Ireland. We were in the mines in Monday night. We would over the morning. Come back Wednesday morning and played the Laurels and Perrystone. Cheers. And so he told, he, he told them we were the young Dubliners. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I don't know. I remember hearing the price that he got for it, you know, and it was nothing there like the money we got. But sure, I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. We were happy. With what we we were happy with what we got, and that yeah, was the yeah,
0: yeah, very good.
4: Jim, Jim, liked that. You kind of I agree. place with Jim and whatever he go and get. Well, that's his own business, you know. Yeah, uh, we never yeah. cared about stuff like that because uh, you know we never thought we'd be making a living at it for a, for a long time. You know, we just we were enjoying the music and enjoying the crack and. And being young, for is getting around the place. So, I mean, even to go over to Germany for a night, and be with these ministers and all, we thought it was great crack, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I
4: don't, I don't think we would sleep. Maybe we probably sleep one night a week at the time you know Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I
4: mean, you Tommy, politi-
2: you've turned to politics now. How do you like that?
4: <laughs> uh, no, well, I, I did. I, I ran in a local election because there's issues that would always be close to me, Brian. You know, I've always. You know, our rights away around Ireland and our foreshores, and all have always been important. You know, and oh, absolutely. Without going not too much into it. There's a couple of issues like that down around my hometown of Ergo, and I would, I would have ris- That would have got me back up. You know, and yeah. I thought I didn't see that happening, so I said I run for the, I run for the local election myself. So God help me if I get in, <laughs> and I got very, I got very close with her. There were six seats running, but no no councillor was, uh, in that election there a couple of years ago, there was no councillor was giving up their seats, so they were all re-running, which makes it hard to kind of... Hard to get in, one, yeah. Knock one of them out, you know, but... uh but the,
2: next
4: time around you,
2: the next time around, you might go in. I don't,
4: I don't know if I'd do it again. The, the issues were Would still fighting. Oh. Uh, one particular issue, I won't go into it, but but... Uh, it's going to end up, it's going to end up in a court case. Anyway, the the main thing was we set out to highlight that it was an issue, uh, access to, to getting to our, to our beaches and all that and, uh, anyway, the council have acted on it now, so, with a bit of luck it'll, it'll come the way it's supposed to come. But I mean, stuff like that's been going on for years, land grabs and all sorts of stuff, you know. It's that kind of thing, it's that kind of thing really that would uh, get to me, you know, and, Landlords and all that, you know. So, uh, so who, that's, owns that's, that's land, the... who owns the land around the beaches? Well, you see, nobody can own the foreshore. That's public, you see, but I mean, uh, like I said, I don't want to talk too much about it. But <laughs> there's 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 these barriers going across that foreshore at the moment, stopping the people. Oh well. To go down there, you know, and uh that's where uh, we're we're campaigning against that, you know. Yeah. and we have uh we have a group online We have a group on line called Arrow. You know, Arrow. Residence Residents' Rights and Ways. You know, okay. that's what Arrow stands for. That? Sure, you might write a song about it, Brian. You never you know. know. <laughs> yeah. you never know.
2: a good to
4: start it's called Arrow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We've had enough so bloody landlords what? of this country without having more. You know yeah, the, the speech access absolutely. should be for everybody.
4: Uh, of course it should. I, I walked I walked in my lifetime since we were kids. My mother and father gotta be good to them they brought us there, you know. And I brought my son there and I, I like him when he has his own children to be able to bring them there, you know.
0: Yeah and, absolutely.
4: Uh, we we never uh, what what we've always what I've always said to people is that uh keep walking as long as you keep walking it you can't claim it you know yeah, the camp plug off the access cell is not being used then you know so yeah. anyway that's that's another day's work Brian that's another day. yeah work. well good on you
2: <laughs> good on you for doing it and uh, you know it's a good it's a good thing to have a fighter on your side and you'll be that fighter
4: yeah that, that's the way it's even stepping back to like I said the band getting into Dublin and all so we were we were all the time at things like that uh, we started off playing uh, in we upstairs in a, a little pub in Arkno called the Westwood. And uh, like I said, we were trying to get the Dublin so we got the Bram Rooms doing a cabaret show, you know, and mm. had Louis Brown was a tenor on it. And me and John were me and John Hall were young for it, so we partnered up with Finola Monks and what's that kind of Marion Fawcett was that Maxi Dick and Twink, was it? That?
2: Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah.
4: Well, John was eight tall, so he's the partner of her and I had the partner. You look at her, she's lovely. Uh, speaking of you playing the harp, she's a lovely harp player. Finola Monks was her name. Yeah. Uh, I never heard tell of her after. She was on some TV ads and stuff, but uh, we were doing this cabinet show six nights a week. And when we done this gig in Aragorn, there was uh, three guys took over there the Aragon Bay Hotel and they wanted us to move over there on a Sunday morning instead of the Sunday morning gig we were doing. And your man you says to me, I guess she's a gig in Dublin. So I, so I says, all right, where where's the gig? And he he had a chipper beside the rap mines in. He owned the chipper. I never forget the man. Sir William was his name. So uh, we went up, and we we're doing the Bram rooms, as I said. So we only had a Sunday, and we we're, we were doing three gigs on a Sunday because we we the other two lads playing with us on a Sunday. When me and John done six nights a week in the Bram rooms, where we were putting the band together, we rehearsed every day. So. Uh, we went into the at mains Inn and sure. We told the manager, you know, uh the owner was looking for us to play. And the manager there said, I booked the bands. And I said, Well, you want to ask a man who wants to ship her next door because he was talking to the owner and you have to put us in. So and uh, we told him we were booked out in September because we were playing the brain rooms every night. You know, and that was very impressive, I'm like that's what we were asked to see. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he says I, I can try this on a Monday night and all cases me. <laughs> so what we had to do was, we we had a great finale in this show of the Bram Rooms. And what, what me and John don't know is we, the other two lads come up with us, Johnny Bourne and Christy Murphy was with us. at the Christy, great songwriter, actually. Christy, the original guitarist with the band. Wrote some fabulous songs. But uh, the two lads to go, we'd go up at 7 o'clock and uh, we'd leave them with the gear at the Rapmines Inn and we go up to do the show. And the first time we had to retrap minds, the show was about running about ten minutes too late for us. So we 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 uh, invented our own finale. where we stroll out. We stroll out with the two girls and sit at the end of the stage, dangling our legs. Well, Louis Brown sings the Dublin song. you know, Dublin yeah. can be heaven yeah. because he right. loves <laughs> and we went waistcoats and cravats a lot for the show <laughs> for the Americans. So. Yeah. We walked him out and we sat down and as soon as he started we got up and gave away to the crowd and walked off at each side of the stage They you could see him looking at us nobody knew what was happening we, we legged it back down to get the gig going Rock Mines, and sure, the rest of his history we, we ended up doing that gig for nearly five years
0: Anyway, you
2: know? yeah, I remember Tommy uh, when you were in the Canaries you know and yeah. you, you, you drove me up to see Stevie York up in Puerto place. Puerto Rico yeah. yeah, and we are coming back, we are driving back and we are stopped by the cops and uh, <laughs> the cop turned, I don't know if I remember this or not, but the cop said uh, uh, he looked at your driver's eyes whatever." he said you're Irish and you said yeah, yeah. you're Irish and you're not drunk <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you couldn't believe it, you it. and yet, of course you never <laughs> drink when you were driving and uh, uh, no. fair play to you you were driving me we were, we were probably locked at the back of the car or whatever for seven June. But uh, I, remember
4: yeah. night, yeah, I, I remember one of the yeah I remember one the went down to Stevie's and it was Clark fella playing a keyboard. Me and you me and you ended up on the stage together singing Miranda One Road. And and of course Stevie was giving it loads on the mic going, this is Brian Warfield, Brian's written some great songs and you know and the heart is in Ireland and John McDonald and the Celtic Symphony. And he says the streets in New York, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you, all of a sudden, you hear you hear Joel really loud. just he didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember you saying Jesus. I, 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 do you
2: remember that? I remember you throwing yeah, Jesus, I Joel. One, he, I remember one time Stevie York, he, uh, he, uh, he said, "Are you coming up? Uh, are you coming up on Friday, wherever day it was?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll go up on Friday." So, next of all, he had me advertised all over the face. Yeah. <laughs> Brian offer you're doing a gig here on Friday. Yeah. Yes, you're <laughs> so Steve. Like they thought I was doing a gig. I was I sang a couple of songs, but it wasn't a gig. Yeah. You're some I, character. I
4: remember, I, remember it, I was laughing. So, Stevie you ring me then. He said, when you're coming down, will you bring a whistle with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah Steve the organized off, he, he organized a gig, he wouldn't tell you at all. But I had to laugh that night that June said that, because you said, Jesus, June, will you let me have me five minutes of fame? <laughs> 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 and, and the place was hopping, sure. Uh, of English people, they couldn't, they couldn't believe it. Like, you know. And I was, yeah, we, we had a couple of good nights down there, right? Yeah. And, uh,
2: is he still uh, over there, Tommy, or is he gone or what? He's still there,
4: yeah. He's, he's still down there, yeah. They've still got the heart bar. They've moved to where where that pub La Fiesta was. That's the harp bar now, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, my man, Willie Delaney, he's after putting... Uh, uh, he's in Lasagna on the mainland now, and he's got a Randy Leprechaun bar there because he named it after, after our bar because... He liked the name, you know, just lets people know it's an Irish band. It's a bit of fun, like. But, yeah. sure, we had a great Celtic band on at the time. And you, you'd you bring me over the latest, whatever the latest Wolf Tone CD was. I remember you bringing yeah. in the 40th the anniversary. You brought me over the DVDs, Jess. We got loads of he's putting them DVDs on. Oh, we used to put them on early in the day, and they used to fill the bar. They we were brand new at the time, you see.
2: Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Ah yeah, there's ah, loads of stories, loads of memories. I remember going to I remember going to one of the times we went to New York, you know the Coney Island Irish Fair? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. In in Brooklyn there. Well we we got booked to do that and uh they had all these bands on the head of us over from Ireland and so we we turned up at us. and on the Sunday, we were just playing the Sunday, we turned up. And we knew, we knew the Wolf Tones was on it as well, you see. And there was all these American bands, and American Irish bands, and, and sure, we were great lads. We were getting ready to go on the stage, and I was told we were on the South stage. And then the Tony, <laughs> the, now the Wolf Tones were going on the North stage the exact same time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> 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 be, shit, we said before and I said, because we a whole crowd in front of us is, jeez, we better start quick. The wolf tone starting on all these just gonna to head to the to the north stage. I I didn't realize how big the festival was or how far away the north stage was. So we got yeah. lucky. Uh, but I never I'll, I'll never forget it because John Hoggins look at me he says, I never saw you want to jump on stage as quick. He says, <laughs> said, let's, let's get up quick and get started, let's get started. <laughs> so if the tone, I, I said if the wolf tone start before us we're finished. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, do you remember that they used to do that? You see, the, the north, north, east and west stages. I wasn't oh, yeah, concerned, yeah, who,
2: All the I wasn't concerned who, that. Yeah,
4: I wasn't concerned who was on the east or west stage. But they told me like we were going on I think at six o'clock in the wolf towns. I see are uh, going on at six o'clock as well. It's ah oh, no. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, but they always do that. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, you think like you know, give everybody a chance to hear the different groups. but That's the way they did it. They had yeah, different right, stages yeah. that going on at the same time. You know, but you didn't really, everyone didn't get a chance to see every group that was on the place. Yeah,
0: you think they would have yeah, stag- stag- staggered it for, by a half hour or something like that, just so people would get a half hour of a band, even just to give a, a flavor of it. Like, you know, especially well, ba- bands travel from Ireland. Yeah,
4: I think there was about a hundred bands on that though.
0: Jesus, and yeah, they had to get them all in. Yeah, yeah, I
4: think it was about 100 bands uh, playing that weekend, you know. So,
0: Tommy, uh, t- t- I was, I've two, yeah, two things to say to you. You're wearing a Father Murphy Arklo top, I see. I
4: am, yeah, yeah, yeah. Father Murphy CSC. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. You've played, you've played for them, sure.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. the I do, yeah.
4: I'm, a, I'm a member of the Father Murphy CSC, yeah, yeah, and uh, sure, I've seen you playing on the Brook House of your HQ and Arklo, of course.
0: Uh, and pretty yeah.
4: Uh, probably our sec- our second home after that is probably the Midway. You know, yeah, all yeah, in yeah. the and the Gunners in the Midway. Uh,
0: yeah.
4: yeah, they're a good pub as well, and uh, they give plenty. Of, the The thing I like about both them pubs is they give plenty of band groups a chance. You know, yeah,
0: they sure do. Yeah. yeah
4: and uh, yeah. there's a lot of pubs have the have the same rock. Band. Now we're not knocking rock bands rotten, but a lot of pubs have the same rock bands. So if you have a, if you have a local rock band scene going, a lot of the bands kind of play the same songs. Yeah. Now, I, I know that happens with ballads as well but yeah. the, the difference with the ballads is like you, you get the ballads you get some good stories you know
0: yeah.
4: and you, you you tend to get better uh, presentation because the balladeer will always have the chat you know yeah, yeah. and uh, ex- explain the song or where the song come out of you know and I think that's that was the thing for me I, I remember my father got to be good him, singing four green fields and and, and them songs you know and yeah. When we were young, for this, you know, yeah. and we, we, got the sto- we got the story, we got to understand what the Four Green Fields were, you know. Yeah. And I mean, I was born, I was like, I was born in the end of nineteen sixty, and Sir So South was only killed in nineteen fifty-seven,
0: you
2: know.
4: So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I ended up, I ended up singing that for my confirmation. You know, do we give you a bottle of orange and a bag of crisps? You sing a song for your confirmation. I remember singing that. <laughs> And the uh, an nation once again, you know, the, the BBC number one song for the Wolf Tones. Uh, you know, the nation yeah. once again, that one. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> there you go. I, I, I was singing that for my confirmation and there uh, was a the teacher yeah. trying to stop me. And, and I had an uncle and he, he quietly taught the teacher to step aside there. Let the uncle enjoy his bottle of orange and sing these songs, you know. But uh, <laughs> So, and tell me yeah, good. Good. what
2: what are you doing there uh, laptop?
4: What am I doing, what?
0: What are
2: you doing, are you doing, doing now? that you're, we're all in lockup.
4: I, like I said, I've eleven Zoom meetings a week on here that I'm, uh, I'm teaching. I teach music to special needs with Sunbeam House Services, and so. All oh, right. We already had. A, we already brought an album. Out, uh, well, they brought an album out called 40 Years of Sunbeam" in in uh, back in 2017, or I know we've got a. We were actually working on one called twenty twenty vision. We're into twenty twenty-one now, like but it's it's nearly done. And I mean, even Noel Dunbar there and all that uh, played with Peru there, Noel has a studio down in Core Town. And we don't we're doing a lot of our recording in Courthouse. We just everything's on stopped at the minute. So all we're doing with the Zoom meetings at the moment is trying to keep the boys remembering their bits and pieces that they have to that they're gonna yeah. be doing on the album, you know. Are you recording so tell, it now? Yeah, well, we've we've got a lot of the recording done. All the backing is all done because uh, Noel's working away at it down there in Courthouse. and uh, it's just there's we've about seven or eight of the main players, singers. Once we get the all clear, that we can bring them down to finish their bit, and we should have it out during the summer. Then you know, oh, wonderful. It's Twenty Twenty Vision. Lovely piece, well, a lovely piece of work there. I must yeah. uh, Kieran, I must send you I must send you a track from the last album. Uh I I have it on my phone. I must send it on theater and yeah. uh have a listen. I'll give you an idea of where we're working and thinking outside the box for the guys, you know. Oh brilliant. that would be brilliant. Uh, some like some of them is some of them is singing ballads and some are singing uh, you know different songs, particular songs they like, but and yeah. uh, like everything, some of them can't sing like who think they can, you know. And we have to uh, work around that as well, you know. I know lots of people who think they can sing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, you know, you know, and every walk of life, yeah. Tommy, uh, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing at the minute during, uh, during the lockdown, Brian. You
0: know. Yeah, very but, uh, good, t- Tommy. You're you're to good use, um, Sorry, bit, lads.
4: Yeah,
0: we're we're getting down to Zoom. Mr. Zoom has given me me nine minute warning. We're down to six. 30 minutes, left, six minutes. left. Right, you're seconds. on the countdown. So, so, Tommy, you said before you came on that you wanted to, you needed to say hello to someone under pain of death. So, yeah. I want to give you that chance before we run out of time.
4: The woman I met, the woman I met in Tesco's on Saturday, Mary Thomas, her sister is Pauline Wyler. She's a Mad Wolf Tones fan and she had asked for, she, she said, oh, it'd be great if you could get the last of that party Pierce though. Oh, forget about Peru songs like it'd be great if you ask somebody, <laughs> <Barry Peters. laughs> I said, I said it's a, it's a podcast, not that kind of thing. But I said, uh, Pauline Myler, her sister's got a surprise that we're letting her hear the, the podcast, and she's got her name mentioned on it. She's a she's a lovely lady. She's a very funny woman, and uh, I, I I follow some of the stuff she puts up on Facebook because she she's a great crack altogether, you know. So just to give her a plug. I want to talk about that. I know we not the time. My brother John Brain and those stuff with John at the minute. John's a great singer. And he's three albums out, and we we do some copper work under the name Art, after Glenart Castle here in Argo. That's my brother John Brain. We've actually just re- recently had a song out there for uh, mental health called Darkness to Light. So got, that got a, a nice little bit of a publicity over the weekend there. The weekend that was in it, you know but uh, that's darkness to you light dark. yeah. you'll find that on my page you know. I, but Brian I, it's great talking to you again hopefully we we'll get back to playing a bit of golf and uh, you know get down to the Canaries again maybe at the end of the year or early next year you
2: know yeah well I was hoping <laughs> uh, I don't know whether it's going to open up but it, I'd like to get away we'd all like to get away for a little bit
4: you be can nice. have your booze cruise there Tommy yeah uh, they're famous <laughs> If anybody listens to the podcast, there's any old videos of the booze crews. I think give me hands on a couple of them. Although I'd say the people that went home with them have them well hidden. You know, <laughs> you wouldn't be showing them around with some of the party guys, you know. The Celtic booze crews, that was, yeah, good stuff. How did but I miss Friday, out on that? And listen, tell Joan I said hello and give her my regards, won't you? I will, of
2: course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And we, uh, we get together for a pint some stage.
4: We will indeed. So, uh, and you can be the intermediary now,
0: you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure I'll
4: meet you, I'm sure I'll meet you down playing in Argo for Father Murphy's CSC anyway, so.
0: Oh, please God. Come we out we, about that. We get, we get to get a chat this time, cause you're, you know yourself, when you're gigging, you're always going here and there, Talk, you know, you never get a chance to sit down and talk to everyone you want to sit down and talk to.
4: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, uh. I know we'd finish this podcast now oh, and to be when we get off and you'd be going, Oh, I should have said this. We never talked about that whatever. Because you could go on forever, sure, you know, but uh, you could, you could. Uh, and
2: no matter how much you talk, it's still more to give.
4: Well, like I said, Brian, I have to say, your your group would have been our influence. And that's that's why we had a four-piece and we, we use a whistle and banjo and all that. And we yeah. do four part harmonies because both tones always had great harmonies. great harmony group. There's a there's a lot of battle groups and the, the one singer and three other fellas that don't have a lot of interest in making a connection with the crowds you know?
2: yeah, and all.
4: Yeah, yeah. We are. We always noticed that. We notice that with the old songs, everyone's making a connection and sure. That's you can see the enjoy. You can see the pure enjoyment of it. Even after over fifty years, you know, you can still see it there. Like, you know, getting the buzz off it and sure It's not what it's all about? Uh, that's I, what I it's that all about. People, I know we're going to get cut off. Should we leave it at that? And I go back well, to the belt, belt of the
2: Celts. <laughs> <laughs> listen, well, Tommy, thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, we do
4: absolutely. appreciate
2: <laughs> yeah. it. And
0: yeah.
2: It's great no, to have a, a wonderful...
0: No,
4: thanks
2: for the invite, lads. No, no, the
4: invite and enjoy
2: that. A wonderful friend of Irish music and indeed a man with a great heart for other people. And that's Tommy Brien. I'd have to say that. A wonderful heart and a great worker. Yeah.
0: Thanks again, Tommy. You take care Cheers, of Cheers.
4: Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Kieran. And uh, play out one of our tunes there, maybe. before <laughs> that way I, out Yeah, there. of
0: course we will. No, we're playing out with two of your tunes. Ah, lovely
4: stuff. Yeah. There.
0: Yeah. So, well, good put... luck,
4: fellas. So, thanks very much.
0: All right. Oh, thanks. don't forget that photograph. Yeah, we'll do that now. All right.
4: Nice one. Right. Thanks, son.
3: I see you are A light in a far away sky Shining bright you are A star in the dark of the night Yet I see you there Though so many years have gone by And I know you are The future so hopeful and bright You may be a stranger from many. old My friends now is that we all call For peace in old Ireland for once and for all Don't you feel the pain When bombs echo loud in your land Don't you feel the strain, Knowing it's out of your hands Can't you see the signs From people who care what you do Don't you think it's time to stop all this pain you're going through? You may be a stranger from many old where Or you may have Irish within you somewhere What matters, my friends, now is that we all call For peace in old Ireland for once and for all Wants this war to go on. Let the trouble cease. We ask you, please lay down your gun. Let me tell you now, the answer is no easy one. For who remembers how this whole bloody war had begun? You may be a stranger from many old where or you? within you somewhere What matters, my friends, now is that we all call For peace in old Ireland for once and for all You may be a stranger from any old where Or you may have Irish within you somewhere What matters, my friends, now is that we all call For peace in Old Ireland, for once and for all. Thank you.
0: You're not tapping your toes at this minute to that. There's something wrong with you. You need to get yourself looked at. (laughs) That's Baru there, the first tune called Once and For All. And then we had uh, three jigs or reels. I'm not too sure. I'm not uh, technically minded when it comes to trad music. We had Brian Baru's March, Tripping Up the Stairs and The Lilting Fisherman. A great bit of whistle playing and uh, banjo playing there. And thanks to Tommy Breen for taking his time to come on. And have a chat with myself and my dad and talk about old times. It was great to hear some of the stories. And uh, we look forward to uh, next week, we will be talking about uh, the song, The Boys of Wexford. Um, and I have a surprise for me, Dad. He doesn't know and he doesn't listen back to the show, so he won't know. I have uh, my uncle Bernard, his brother, coming on from bernard used to play in a ballad group called paddy's dream and he probably played another another group or two um and he's coming on uh so looking forward to that and uh thanks again for listening folks and don't forget pass passes on to your friends family workmates if you enjoy what we do uh really appreciating the listenership is growing we're still in 29 countries we're trying to extend that (laughs) but 29 countries not bad okay have a good week, whatever you're doing, and stay safe, and great to have a bit of positivity. And anybody in the UK and Scotland, I'm not jealous that you're able to go to beer gardens and have, have points. Take care. Mind yourself. slang a fall